Welcome to Dear Empath with Gus Baxter. On this weekly podcast, we discuss all things personal, spiritual, and professional growth and break down these philosophies into everyday language we can all understand. Let's walk on this journey together. On today's episode, we are taking the first steps in the journey of empathic living. In this three-part series, we are going to talk about living an empathic life and the skills that will help you create a more holistic and balanced life. If you haven't listened to our exploration of the emotions, I suggest taking some time to listen to episodes three, four, and five. These episodes will walk you through the emotions of anger, sadness, and fear, and give you a foundational understanding of the messages these emotions carry, and the questions to ask to hear those messages. In the following three episodes, we are going to explore internal, external, and spiritual skills to help you strengthen your understanding of empathy and how you experience the world. Treat these episodes like primers or foundational courses. The experience of empathy and the practices that give you the most strength and confidence can be unique to each person. With this foundational knowledge, you have the personal authority to explore what works best for you. Today we are diving in by discussing three internal skills you can start developing today to support yourself and your empathy. As the name Internal Skills suggests, These three skills are based on self-analysis, reflection, and our thought pattern. The internal skills may sound deceptively easy, so easy that you don't take them seriously, or you think, yeah, I kind of do that already, and decide that's probably enough. I'm here to tell you that it's not enough. These skills can be easy to disregard because they go against what we're taught to do and what is reinforced by society. Some of these skills may sound trendy or on-brand. Don't feel silly or embarrassed to explore these practices. No one sees you practicing. No one judges you. This is for you and the people you choose to share it with. In episodes 3, 4, and 5, we cover the emotions of anger, sadness, and fear. We explored how these emotional states manifest in our bodies, what happens when we ignore them or disregard them, and how to effectively work with them. Each emotional state is a message your body is relaying to you. Anger, the fiery emotion that lets us know when a boundary has been crossed, comes with the questions, what must be enforced? What needs to be restored? Sadness, the watery emotion that helps us with releasing and healing, calls us to ask, what must be released? What must be rejuvenated? And fear, a greatly misunderstood emotional state that is a manifestation of our instincts and intuition, challenges us to ask, what must be done? What action do I need to take? The more you tune in and listen, you ask yourself the powerful questions of each emotion, the more you master this language of emotions. As empaths, We know how easily we can get overwhelmed. Ever since I was a kid, I would stare in wonder at people 
who could get upset about something and then drop it. Or be in a situation that made them angry and then let it go. Are you telling me that they aren't holding on to that feeling for the rest of the day? Letting that emotion run the show and control their mind? When we apply these questions and the following skills to our lives, we begin creating a healthy environment for us to thrive in. The emotions that can seem to run our lives become blips on the radar. This doesn't mean you won't still feel sad or get angry. Instead of letting these emotions run wild and control your life and the way you feel, you will learn to acknowledge them, thank them for their messages, and remain in control of your mind. Yes, I am telling you that when you start doing this work, you are going to be changing the world you live in. You are setting up new rules and expectations of how you react and respond, how you will interact with others, and what you are comfortable doing. The world becomes more integrated. Your mind, your body, and your connection with the world around you will start to move as one, instead of three disjointed parts. You may start to feel like you have more time on your hands. This is because your mind is less preoccupied by nagging emotions that are begging to be heard. You may start to have an easier time working with others and collaborating on projects. You are learning to set boundaries and advocate for what you want in a healthy and constructive way. All of these changes will build little by little as you encounter new experiences that challenge your empathy muscles. The first of our internal skills is deceptively simple. Treat yourself with kindness. You are the center of this work. Before you can help other people and spread goodness in the world, you need to make sure that you are taking care of yourself. This means speaking kindly to yourself. We all have that negative voice in our mind that tells us everything we're doing wrong. You're not smart enough. You're not driven enough. You're too fat. You're too skinny. Your voice sounds weird. The list goes on and on. It's not about destroying that voice or even doing battle with that voice. Instead, ignore it. Every time that voice takes a shot at you, stop and think, there goes that voice again. I'm not feeding that today. And immediately replace that thought with something positive. Forgive yourself. We can hold our own thoughts accountable, as if the world at large can hear our inner dialogue. Our inner thoughts can make us feel embarrassed or angry. It is easy to then get upset at ourselves for thinking those thoughts, for stepping out of the shower and immediately critiquing your body in the mirror. Our whole society is built on comparison. There is no surprise that our minds have been conditioned to compare us to everything and find fault there. Forgive yourself and start replacing those critiques with supportive thoughts. Treating yourself with kindness is one of the most overlooked skills that you can start developing today. There is no flash, no crazy workout routine, just conscious thought. The more you treat yourself with kindness and choose to focus on supportive thoughts, the more your brain will respond. You are slowly changing your thought process from comparative and negative to supportive and positive. For many of us, we are starting to undo 
over 20 years of conditioning. Don't be discouraged. I find that this process is like a snowball rolling down a hill. It's small and slow at first. Then it starts to pick up speed and more snow. And now it's a giant boulder rushing down this hill. Trust in the process. Our next skill is learn what your triggers are. We are all unique and the situations and events that trigger us will be different. Some empaths have a hard time being in high-pressure situations or crowds. Other empaths can mitigate the emotions in that situation well, but find it more difficult to talk openly and deeply with one person because of the deep emotional connection they form. There could be certain events in your past that translate into big pain points in your present. Unfortunately, conversations and interactions with other people don't come with a trigger warning label. Learning what situations, events, personality types, or interactions are more difficult for you to navigate is important. It allows you to know where your strengths and weaknesses are. This doesn't mean that you avoid these triggering experiences, but rather you take extra precautions to keep yourself safe and protected when you know you're going to be engaging. Understanding your triggers also brings the gift of knowledge. As you explore these triggering events, you can start to understand your patterns. The more you know about yourself, the more flexible you can be in the world. The tallest trees in the forest are the ones that move the most. These trees bend and sway with the wind while staying rooted into the earth. We can learn to do the same. We can bend and sway with the winds of the world around us while still staying grounded in our internal practices. The last skill I want to introduce today is one of the most commonly heard phrases in our world, self-care. We are bombarded with this idea on social media. People do it from time to time, but the secret here is to schedule self-care every week. This will look different for each person, but I challenge you to expand your notion of self-care. A cozy night in with takeout and a bubble bath is wonderful and restorative to the spirit. But self-care is also journaling about painful experiences, pulling lessons from past pain or setbacks, processing your emotions to restore boundaries, release what's not serving you, and taking action that you've been avoiding. True self-care is the work that makes us better versions of ourselves. Sometimes it is takeout and a bubble bath. And sometimes it's journaling and a good cry. The best way to go about this and to give yourself the freedom to explore what your body needs, is to actually schedule this into your week. Write it down. Put it in your calendar. Make it a weekly thing. You may feel silly or uncomfortable because self-care, as it's portrayed on social media, is supposed to be a treat, a special thing to reward yourself after you've nearly run out of gas. Why would you deny yourself this care and restoration? Try scheduling one hour next week to work on self-care. You can leave it open or write in what you want to do. You could do something as simple as turning off your phone and going for a walk with the intention of just being with yourself. This should be a common practice, especially for us empaths. We have the natural tendency to look outside ourselves and spend our energy helping others. We need to be bold 
and choose to make time to take care of ourselves every week. For some, this work is intimidating. Practicing these skills puts us in uncomfortable positions. We feel weird or self-conscious or even guilty. Our saboteurs, those negative voices in our heads, will tell us how worthless this work is. We can feel silly or selfish for choosing ourselves first. All of this is normal. Why? Because it is challenging what we've been taught and what we see in society. Working with a coach can be a huge benefit. Working out your empathic muscles with a coach is similar to working on your physical muscles with a personal trainer. When you work with a trainer, you're getting supervision with each exercise, and you have a partner that keeps you accountable. The gym can be a scary and intimidating place, but a trainer helps create space for you. Working out with a coach helps you create space for this work in your everyday life. They support you through these practices and hold you accountable between sessions. I suggest reaching out to me if you have any questions or want to learn more about creating a set of healthy internal practices for your empathy in your own life. Every day, the idea that in order to be successful, you need to give and give and give until you're all but spent is reinforced. Stepping into this holistic and balanced life of empathy destroys that structure and expectation. Maybe you're thinking, that's ridiculous, because this is just how the world works. That's an expression of this structure and expectation. You're taught to believe that this is the only way. I'm here to tell you it's not. You can be your idea of successful, have a wonderfully full life, and do so on your own terms. Not later, not once you've reached a certain level. Now. Today. This journey starts today, and these three internal skills that we discussed will help you lay the foundation. Stay tuned for next week when we explore our next set of external skills. I'll talk to you then. Dear Empath with Gus Baxter is a product of Atlas Readings, LLC. You can find out more information at www.atlasreadings.com or at patreon.com slash atlasreadings.